Please turn with me in your copies of God's Word to the book of Titus. The letter Paul to Titus. Chapter 3. I'm going to read the whole chapter. We will consider verse 12 and 13. Titus chapter 3. This is the immutable word of God. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient. To be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Saviour appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenas the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. That is God's word. I'm going to pray and then we will spend a few minutes in, chapter, uh, in verse 12 and 13. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is open to us and we pray that this afternoon it may be clear to us as it is opened in our hearing and in our seeing, we do pray that it may be clear to our eyes and to our ears. We ask that your spirit may come to breathe upon us to grant that understanding of your word that only him, only he can give. We ask that your church here uh, in Meru may be led properly to the praise and glory of your name. Please help us as we hear the preaching of your word. For these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
if you have ever cooked some <coughs> some good <coughs> meat stew you know that there is uh, there is the the part of the soup of the stew that is left in the pan that can only be removed by taking a piece of ugali and rubbing it around the pan for you to ensure that you get all the sweetness <laughs> from the meal this afternoon that is what we will be seeking to do with the verses that are before us verse 12 and verse 13 we have been feasting upon this this letter and from the beginning of it up till now we have learned so many things especially regarding the church of Christ and how it should be run now this afternoon i want us to try and squeeze out some truth from verses that these verses that seem to to just be there verse 12 and 13 i suppose that as you read your bible when you get to this place you just read through and you get on from the beginning of the book we have seen that paul is writing to titus he calls him his true child in the common faith he's writing him for the sake of the church the sake of god's elect so they may know the truth that they may continue in godliness that they may continue with the hope of eternal life which god has promised and he never lies then he is gone on to give instructions for how elders should be appointed he has given the qualifications he's gone on to give rebukes for those who are false teachers in you know who who come to infiltrate the church and want to bring false doctrines then in chapter 2 he has given us uh some teaching on how the church should operate uh with sound doctrine being at the top of what the church considers and then everything else should follow the conduct of the men and the women and the uh, 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 and, and the children and all really who are in the church the, the bond servants and so on and so forth and then he's come to chapter 3 to, to 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 tell us or to tell the the saints at crete through the letter written to titus uh, how they are to conduct themselves toward outsiders and then he has also dealt with the whole matter of uh, uh, the, the people who want to bring up foolish controversies and genealogies and dissensions and so the letter is now coming to an end the passage for which we are embarking is one that is difficult to preach from i have tried my best to to see how uh, we can learn something from from this text um <clears throat> the verses that we are considering verse 12 and 13 now are verses which are uh at least from my consideration of them grant that the churches of Christ must be cared for 
and that the churches of Christ must be properly led, which is what I have titled the sermon this afternoon. The churches of Christ must be properly led. At the very least, that's what the Apostle Paul shows in his speech and requirements in these two verses. Churches of Christ are his bride, and hence they must be watched over with much care. Even when we are concerned to win, even when we are concerned to win other souls for the Lord Jesus Christ, his churches that are already established should be properly led. They should be properly cared for and watched over. I'd like to bring to you two points from the two verses that we have there. The Apostle Paul says, When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Verse 13, do your best to speak Zenas the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. The two points that I'd like to bring before you are the Apostle Paul shows that the churches of Christ must be properly led by promising to send Artemis or Tychicus. Then verse 12. Then the second point, the Apostle Paul shows that the churches of Christ must be properly led by sending this letter by the hands of faithful men. He shows this by promising to send Artemis or Tychicus to them. And he shows this by sending this letter by the hands of faithful men. So number one, from verse 12, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul shows that the churches of Christ must be properly led by promising to send Artemis or Tychicus to them. The Apostle desires to spend the winter with Titus. At least that's what he says there. He desires to spend the winter at Nicopolis and he desires this to happen uh, together with Titus. Now the reason for him desiring to spend the winter with Titus is not given to us. But we could well say that Titus was his true child in their common faith as he's told us there in chapter 1. Um, so that uh, he wished to spend the winter with him. It may also be that he wants Titus to go because they were co-laborers in Christ's vineyard. Out of our kindred spirit, he wanted to spend the winter with him since he says, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Now, it may also be that he wanted to know how the churches, uh, the churches in Crete were faring and that's then calling Titus to go. It may also be that there was more work to be done at Nicopolis. And thus then he wanted his true child and co-laborer to join him in that work. Any of those reasons uh, could be the reason why he tells Titus to do his best to meet him at Nicopolis. But the fact here is that we are not told. We are not told why um, Paul wants to send Artemis or Tychicus to Titus so that Titus may go to him at Nicopolis. But the fact here is that he says he's going to send Artemis or Tychicus and he requires Titus to go to him. He says, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis. Now, if you may be wondering about Nicopolis, uh, just briefly, let me tell you uh, what it was. It was a city which constituted a Roman colony. Uh, it was... And it was northwest of Crete. Now, if you can remember, when we were beginning the book, I did tell you where Crete was. 
if you have a uh, you have that uh, imaginative mind let me try and draw a picture of the map you have egypt at the top of africa you have libya right between egypt and libya north of the two countries crete is up there up there you have galatia cappadocia achaia uh, phrygia and, and all those all those cities where paul makes his journeys but where crete is on the northwest you have achaia i think today it's athens where greece is so if crete is here northwest of crete is greece or athens where athens is nicopolis is right in there right above corinth so crete uh, achaia athens greece somewhere in there nicopolis is right at the edge of the uh, uh, the map where the where the water is where the mediterranean uh, is and that's where paul tells titus to go again the reason why they were to meet at nicopolis is unknown nonetheless the thing that i'd like for you to note here is that the apostle paul knows that the churches of christ must be properly led this would be the churches in crete he shows this by acknowledging that crete must not be left without a good leader and that's why he tells titus that he would send artemis or tychicus now before going further let me say here that we have to distinguish between the modern idea of bishopric and what titus was doing at crete titus was not a bishop in the modern sense use of the term at the very least titus was a pastor but it could be it could also be that he was just a co-laborer with the apostle and this could be the reason why the apostle calls him to be with him at nicopolis this should in no way be taken to be prescriptive that paul calls titus to go and be with him in at nicopolis should not be taken to be prescriptive as though today we can do a similar thing the church at the time that the apostle is writing to titus is in its early stages and there is a particular progression of revelation that we now have that the saints then did not have and so uh, this should not be taken as prescriptive it's, it's we are not being told how to do mission work uh, you know or church planting uh, work what you are told here is that uh, uh, the apostle requires titus to go be with him at nicopolis the reason for which we are not told uh, we can only speculate that it was at the very least for the purposes of mi- mission work but then right now we have a closed canon we have co- a complete Uh, revelation of the word of god we know how to do missions we know how to plant churches and so no one really can come and say uh pastor so and so from trinity reformed baptist church come and be with me at uh, mauritius or uh, anywhere else in this country because they do not have that prerogative at least they're not given that mandate by the word of god remember also that this is an apostle calling a co-laborer to go be with him and so by the virtue that we have no apostles today this then is prescriptive uh sorry it's, it's not prescriptive it's descriptive it's describing to us uh what uh, happened 
Now, so back to my point. The Apostle Paul knows that the churches of Christ must be properly led. And he shows this by acknowledging that Crete must not be left without a good leader. And that's why he tells Titus that he would send Artemis or Tychicus. The Apostle knows the condition that Crete is in and the false teachers therein. And so he's not going to allow Titus to leave Crete without ensuring that there is a man, a man who can replace him, at least till the churches are able to stabilize. Now, the churches there are dealing with serious matters. They have the false teachers that we considered in chapter 1. They have the duties given them for the whole church. They have the duties for the older men, uh, the older women, the younger men, the younger women, and, and the bond servants. They have the watching world that we considered beginning of chapter 3. Uh, the world around them and how they are to conduct themselves. And they have the controversial matters and the controversial persons that we just finished considering. Those people that are bringing foolish controversies and genealogies that we just considered there in verse 9 to 11 of chapter 3. For this reason then, the apostles say that he would send Artemis or Tychicus who would continue to keep watch over the churches the way Titus was keeping watch. He would glance at uh, chapter 1 verse 5. The apostle says, This is why I left you in Crete, speaking directly to Titus, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So by the time Titus is getting this letter, he's going to you know, suppose, supposedly do everything that the apostle has told him to do. And these other people that are going to come to replace him so that he goes to Nicopolis would, keep, uh, would keep, continue to keep watch of, over the church until the churches can be left by themselves. So you have two men mentioned there as replacements for Titus once he leaves Crete, Artemis and Tychicus. Uh, nothing much is, has been said of Artemis. In fact, this is the only place that he is mentioned in the entire New Testament. So we, we just think that he is uh, the Apostle Paul's call laborer working under him since Paul is an apostle. Tychicus has been mentioned in a number of places. In Acts chapter 20 verse 1 to 4 we read, After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples. And after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions and had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. There he spent three months, and when a plot was made against him by the Jews, as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to, re to return through Macedonia. So Pater the Berean, son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy and the Asia and, and the Asians Tychicus and Trophimus. So we are told that Tychicus was of the Asians. In Ephesians chapter 6, the text that we are considering in our morning sermons, we are told in verse 21 of chapter 6, so that you may also know how I am. This is the apostle writing now to the Ephesians, and what I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. So uh, Tychicus was sent by the apostle to the Ephesians. Um, in Colossians chapter 4, we're told, Colossians 4, 7, Tychicus will tell you all about my activities 
He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. And then lastly, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 to 12, we are told, do your best to come to me soon. This is Paul writing to Timothy now, uh, requesting Timothy to go to him. And then he says, for Demas, in love with, the, with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia, Titus to Demaltia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. For he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. So if you skim through the, the New Testament, you'll see the name of Tychicus mentioned a couple of times. Now some think that the Apostle Paul sent Artemis to Crete. Since Tychicus was sent to Ephesus, as we have seen in a number of verses there. Uh, but then... You know, some think that Artemis is the one who was sent to Crete because um, Tychicus is not only sent to Ephesus, but he's also sent, he's also uh, going to many other places, uh, as we see here. The point that I'm trying to make is that the Apostle Paul shows uh, that the churches of Christ must be properly led because when he is calling a minister of the gospel from one place, which in this case is Crete, he is ensuring that there are, there are other people or there is someone else who is going to replace him uh, so that the churches will not suffer. And that's then the churches of Christ uh, must be properly led. Now, an inference from that for us is that even when either, either of the ministers in this church lives, there must be a provision for the church of Christ because the church of Christ must be properly led. So there is no one time that either, either of us as the pastors will leave the church to manage itself as such. If one of us is not there, the other one must be there. And uh, both of us will not be absent at the same time unless in God's providence that happens. So my point is, when he says, when I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, it's an assurance He's not saying if, I, if I'm going to send them or I'm going to send them whether they are, uh, when they are available. No. It's when I send Artemis or Tychicus to you to show that the churches of Christ must be properly led. When, when Titus leaves Crete, there will be someone else to replace him, especially to watch over those young churches there. And uh, he tells Titus to do his best to go to me at Nicopolis immediately after Either, either Artemis or Tychicus is sent there. Now, the second thing that I'd like us to see from these two verses is that the Apostle shows that the churches of Christ must be properly led by sending this letter that we have been considering by the hands of faithful men. He shows this by sending this letter by the hands of faithful men. So, glass with me at verse 13 he says do your best to speed Zenas the lawyer and Apollos on their way see that they lack nothing the apostle now shows that it is an important matter that he's dealing with for the churches of Crete you know this matter being that 
these churches must be properly led because the letter that he has written he is now sending to Titus by the hands of faithful men the faithful men there are Zenas and Apollos the presupposition here is that the apostle is trying to hit two birds with one stone in this in this sense he sends a letter that he has written about the issues that the churches need to be aware of the churches of Crete but then he also sends faithful men solid men men who are well versed with the truth so those bearing this letter which is going to help the churches in Crete are men who are faithful and solid and men who are well versed with the truth one of them being a lawyer yet a believer Zenas I told there uh, do your best to speed Zenas the lawyer now it's not known whether he's a secular lawyer or a lawyer in, in terms of uh, 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 being able to understand the law the law of Moses um, only speculations have been made what we know is that Zenas was a lawyer and of course lawyers are intellectuals but then he's, he's also a believer now nothing much is said of this lawyer uh, 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 and in fact just like Artemis this is the only place that Zenas is mentioned in the entire New Testament now it's assumed that he, he must also have been a co-laborer with the Apostle Paul the other man sent bearing the letter was a preacher a man who is said to have been eloquent and competent in the scriptures Apollos he's mentioned quite a bit in the New Testament we are told in Acts 18:24 that he was a native of Alexandria, having been more accurately explained to the way of God by Priscilla and Aquila. We are told that he went on to be a great blessing to the saints and to powerfully refute the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. This is in Acts 18:28. He seems to have been a good friend of uh, the Apostle Paul, for Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. And that's the text that we read in uh, this morning's public reading. And that's then, both Paul and Apollos must have been disappointed when there was, uh, there was division in the Corinthian church over their names. So Apollos, Apollos has been mentioned a couple of times. He's especially a preacher, herald of the truth. And um, he seems to have been a friend to the Apostle Paul. Now, the sending of this letter by the hands of these faithful men shows us that the apostle was conscious of the fact that the churches of Christ in Crete must be properly led. These men would inevitably be able to deal with the false teachers even as they were on their way to doing other missionary work. So that when the apostle is sending Apollos, when he is sending Zenas, the lawyer, with this letter which is going to get to Crete, to Titus, for the churches, these this men are well capable of dealing with the false teachers that we have considered there in chapter 1 and now in chapter 3, those who, uh, those who bring up foolish controversies. They would be of much encouragement to Titus and would be of tremendous help even for the men who would come later or be appointed for the eldership in various churches there in Crete. And so the, the apostle shows that the churches of Christ must be properly led because the people through whom he sends the letter are faithful men. Men who would encourage the saints 
men who will be of tremendous help to Titus. This does show that the proper leading of Christ's churches is important to the apostle. So that the apostle is not misusing his powers or his authority. He is not just plucking out Titus from Crete and just leaving them like that. In fact, one could well argue that the way he is calling Titus to come be with him at Nicopolis is good for the churches of Crete because he is not only sending uh, a letter to them through hands of faithful men, missionary men, but he's also going to send someone to, to be there replacing Titus. And so this does show that the proper leading of Christ's churches is important to the apostles so that whatever reason could be that he was calling Titus to be with him, he took seriously the fact that the churches still needed to be carefully watched over even as they were taking shape, even as they were continuing to grow. So he tells Titus to do his best to care for these men, Zenas and Apollos. This meant that he would be sending with this letter. Because after all, it would be for the good of the churches in Crete. Now being probably that they would be continuing with the missionary work that they have, it would be kind of Titus to ensure that they lacked nothing. That's what he says there. See that they lack nothing. Especially that they may be able to continue faithfully with gospel work. So once they drop the letter to Titus, Titus is to ensure that they lack nothing, that they are well supplied, so that in the case that they are continuing with missionary work, they would be well supplied. They would be able to continue um, with the gospel work. So, I mean, you can see that this is uh, this is that uh, last part of the soup that we are trying to scoop and trying to glean something from these two verses. But let me try and make some two applications there and then we'll, we'll finish. Number one, understand that nothing or no interest of mine or yours should interfere with any gospel work that God may be doing in any place. No interest of mine, no interest of yours should interfere with any gospel work that God may be doing in any place. This is what the Apostle Paul realizes. That whatever his interest is in calling Titus to Crete. And now we are assuming the best, sorry, to, to Nicopolis. We are assuming that he's calling him to go be with him at Nicopolis for some more work. But whatever that interest is, the apostle shows that those interests should not interfere with the gospel work because he's going to send Artemis or Tychicus. And number two, he would do this by the hand of faithful men. Zenas, the lawyer, and Apollos. And so, whatever our interests would be, gospel work should not be interfered with. That's what the apostle ensures, even as he calls... Uh, as he calls Titus to be with him at Nicopolis. Number two, do your best to care for and strengthen gospel workers as much as you are able. Do your best to care for and strengthen gospel workers as much as you are able. And so, even though Titus is leaving Crete, he's told, once the people that are coming with the letter come to you, do your best to speed them, provide for them, see that they lack nothing. 
so that as they continue with their missionary work, they may be well supplied. And there's, a, there's an implication for us there as well. If we know that there are gospel workers who are at least sent for our good, we should do our best to care for them. I'm saying this from experience. This is what happened to us when we went to Kor. Their brothers there were, were very kind to us. Even though they, they lack, they are in need, great need, they still ensured that we were well supplied. So that not only the work that we were doing there was being benefited, but whatever work that would be done elsewhere once we left would continue to uh, be uh, well supplied, so to speak. So as a believer, you have to do your best to care for gospel workers, to strengthen gospel workers as much as you are able in whatever capacity the Lord enables you. May the Lord bless you and help you with these words. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us your word. And even though some texts are uh, are there for our information so that we may know they still are part of your word and we still are mandated to consider them and to glean something from them. It's my prayer that these dear ones would be able to benefit something from this text. The text that we'll be considering next week is of the same nature. Um, that of greeting one another. May you help us to glean much from your word. May we know that the churches of Christ must be properly led. Even where ministers are moving in and out, churches must be well supplied with gospel leaders for the good of your flock, your sheep. Help us to see to it that we do not interfere with gospel work as much as we can and grant that we would also see to it that when gospel uh, workers are sent to us to encourage us or for whatever reason they find ourselves with us, may we be willing to care for them, to strengthen them, that they may continue with their missionary work, spreading the gospel to the outskirts, the places where people do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet we pray that you may keep us, that you may preserve us as your people. <clears throat> that the gospel of Jesus Christ may continue to be to ring and to resound in our midst. May it be, Lord, that we are helped to continue looking to you. Ultimately to you and not to not to men. Bless us with what we've heard this afternoon. Lead us in your paths of righteousness through this word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.